Don't you guys feel bad for Seth Meyers? Why? Like, you're at SNL 12 years, and your last show is Melissa McCarthy and Imagine Dragons. Yeah, that does suck. <laughs> I don't think Melissa McCarthy is funny at all. Am I the only one? Ladies and gentlemen, wake up the skipper. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. We give you movie news, movie rumors, and those all-important movie rumblings in the first half of the show. In the second half of the show, we'll talk about our movie of the week. Don't worry, we'll give you spoilers before we go into said spoilers. Uh, and stick around for the end of the show when we give you our weekly recommends. This week, Richie, we're going to be talking about which movie? We're going to be talking about Peter Berg's Lone Survivor. Listen up. Red Wing's a go. Bad guy. Senior Taliban commander. Sure killed 20 Marines last week. 20. Going in with a four-man team. Axelson, myself, Dintz, Marcus. That's a lot more than 10 guys. That's an army. This movie's been out a few weeks, guys. And we apologize... Uh, right off the top of the show, to anyone who's been waiting a couple weeks for this episode to get out, uh, we're in the dog days of January right now, yeah. And there's really we, nothing else to to talk about. Yeah. Um, and Lone Survivor is still doing very very well at the box office, if I'm not mistaken. It is. We had to catch up with all the so many movies came out the last two weeks of uh, 2013 that the first uh, we've all been very excited to see this movie, but yeah. uh, the first few weeks of. Uh, 14, we had to kind of play a little catch-up. So we're just not getting on as far. We apologize, but... Uh, it did. It literally took us three weeks into 2014 to finish 2013's movies. It was yeah. it's quite crazy. But uh, we, we're glad you guys are enjoying our, our best and worst of 2013 episode, uh, getting a lot of good feedback on that uh, from last week. So um, for all your 2013 movie needs, uh, check out that episode and check out all our uh, past episodes from last year. But this is the official show where we move on to 2014. And set our sights on this year's offerings. And a pretty good movie to start out the year with. Hey, guys. Uh, before we get into anything, I just want to say happy anniversary. It oh, is yeah. our, Really? It is our one-year anniversary as a show, uh, as of this recording. And, and thank you to you guys, but most of all, thank you to the listener. Uh, who uh, And I use that. Uh, I, I should probably pluralize that. To the listeners uh, who, who listen to the show and... Uh, and uh, give us a reason to do it every week. We are very thankful. We love doing it. Uh, we love talking to each other, but we love uh, engaging you guys as well. And uh, hopefully to many more years with you gentlemen breaking down uh, the best and worst of cinema. But uh, thanks, guys. Happy one year. Yeah, happy I one year. You, I got you both jewelry. Sounds good. <laughs> Cheers to that. Appreciate it. We have matching bracelets now. <laughs> I owe you. All right. Every time we give a movie an A, we get a new charm. <laughs> I love it. Before we dive straight into movie news, rumors, rumblings, I want to start off today's show with a shout-out. Oh, yeah. I would like to shout-out to an iTunes user who gave us five stars. Oh, And nice. also left us a review. Oh, uh, I, like, I like when they do that, as long as too. they're good. I do, too. And they all are, have been pretty good so far, so thanks for that. But I want to give a shout-out specifically to username Self-Indulgent. I uh, gave a five-star review, and subject was great show. And the review says, "Do you love movies and talking about them? Perfect. You'll love this show." 
And he says, I always wish I was a guest so that I can jump right into the conversation. Ooh. Oh, that's nice. So if you want to be a guest on the show, and this is 100% serious, if you feel like you have an argument uh, to make uh, with us three, if you uh, disagree hardcore on, a, on one of our episodes, or if you just want to rant about Now You See Me, <laughs> uh, seriously, email our show. If you've got a podcast set up, if you're on your own show or something like that, and you want to jump on and talk movies with us, we'd be more than down to to discuss it with you. And we're going to try to get a lot of guests, a lot more guests. Actually, we haven't had any guests so far on the show. We're going to get some guests on um, in the coming years, in 2014 and so on. Um, so yeah. get Fred your opinions Durst in. is going to be on to talk movies with us. <laughs> Fred Durst, that is correct. <laughs> I don't know why. That was the first name that popped into my head. I don't know why, because he's, he's attainable. He's been asking <laughs> Brian's got connections. Yeah. yeah. He's really in the, the new metal scene. Yeah. <laughs> He's Can in I high demand. You? He's peaking. He Can is. I give, tell you guys a quick... Uh, I was having an argument with producer Steven the other night about the... Uh, he doesn't like Tom Hanks. We're talking about Tom Hanks. Sure. And he doesn't like Tom Hanks. He hates yeah. Tom Hanks. First so we're going ever. back and forth about stuff. And he's like listing all these Tom Hanks movies. Some of which, you know, Tom Hanks does have some bad movies, but, you know, Larry Crown comes to mind and a few others. And, uh, but he's listing all these movies off, and some of them were, you know, quite good. And one of them he said was Sleepless Sleep, Sleep in Seattle, and I said, you know, maybe it's not my cup of tea, but that movie it's certainly a classic. Def- it defines a genre, define, defines romantic comedy, certainly of that era. And Stephen's rebuttal was, well, if that's your logic, then you must love $3 bill, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> The first Slip Biscuit album, yeah. which I have to admit was uh, a stellar argument, even though he was wrong. Yeah, I definitely had $3 bill, y'all. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> One of the first albums I ever had, In Above yeah, the did, State yeah. by Blink-182 and, uh-huh. and $3 bill, y'all. Those were my jams back yep, in middle same. school. Same. <laughs> $3 bill, y'all wasn't even listenable. It has like, that faith cover It has it, faith, right? but every other song is just screaming and like record scratching. <laughs> There's not even like a melodic tone on that whole record. Um, Remember they had that one song with like Red Man and Method Man, like the Roland remix? Yes. Was that on Was that on Three Dollar Bill, y'all? I no, think it was, was Significant uh, Other, the, the second album. Yeah, or Chocolate wow. Starfish. Chocolate we're Starfish. Wow, we are naming multiple Biscuit albums. <laughs> well, if you want more of this conversation, check out our yeah. podcast, Mad About New Metal. <laughs> <laughs> premiering next week on iTunes. Subscribe it's now. It's pretty much just Limp Biscuit every week. That's the hey, I know a guy. I don't think he still does it, but I know a guy that hosts a completely 100% unironic new metal podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can we get on nice, there? Great guy. I don't think he still does it. He did it for like a year or two. And I'm, I'm, I guess right. surprisingly enough, the audience just wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a great guy. That's crazy. That's that's absolutely crazy. All right, yep. guys. Well, you want to jump into movie news, rumors, rumblings? Let's. Movie news. Yes. Rumors and rumblings. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. We haven't talked about this yet, guys. This is the this is this is probably the biggest story uh, so far of 2014. This Tarantino leaked script saga. Have you guys been keeping up with what's been going on with this? No, I know you read it. I haven't read it yet. Sure. Yeah. So, in the past few weeks, I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably know the story, but uh, to make a long story short, um, we've talked about Tarantino's uh, new Western, The Hateful Eight, which he's uh, rumored to be doing next. Well, it turns out the script got leaked. Uh, he only gave it to six actors who he all knew, he knew personally and was very close to, 
one of those actors, reps or something, leaked it to somebody, started passing the script around Hollywood, and then Tarantino flipped out and was like, I'm not making this movie anymore at all. Uh, so he's supposedly meeting with publishers and publishing it as just a straight screenplay, as a novel uh, that you could go buy and read. Um, but he's apparently trying to sue Gawker Media for <laughs> leaking the script, and um, there's a huge debate going on right now on who's in the right, who's in the wrong for this. Um, so what are y'all's, what's y'all's opinions of it? Have you, have you read any of the scripts? I have read some. I'll give an opinion of it here in a second. But um, what, what are y'all's opinions of Mr. Tarantino, how he's handling the situation and everything? Brian, what are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think he's overreacting a bit, but um, I can't, I guess I can't really fault him for getting upset about, you know, his intellectual property and the, the breach of trust and, and whatever. Personally, I think that he got done with the script and he doesn't love it and he doesn't really want to make the movie. So this was kind of a, a convenient way to, uh, get out of what he, you know, what he'd said he was going to do for his next project. So that's, I mean, I don't, obviously I don't have any inside information on that. That's just kind of the, that's what I take from, from all this, but Look, if he if he he can do whatever he wants, it's his intellectual property. I think he's been a little bit, he's overreacting a little bit, but I I guess I kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah, I that he just I, I, that's ended a good point. To trust Eli Roth, I think that's yeah, that's that's what, that's what Tarantino was like. The one person I know who didn't do it was Eli Roth. Yeah, like yeah. he have you not seen your own movies, Quentin? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I, that's a good point, Brian that I never thought about. Maybe he is using this leak as an excuse not to do this movie. Yeah. Because it does seem kind of, or it would seem kind of weak of him maybe to, you know, hype this thing up, go on Leno and everything like he did and say, my next movie's a Western. And then just say, I'm not doing that, you know, mm-hmm. without a yeah. reason behind it. So maybe this is his, uh, his excuse for shelving this and doing something else. Sure. Uh, Richard, what are your thoughts about it, about Mr. Tarantino, how he's handling this and everything? Um, I mean, he's, he, he certainly has a flair for the dramatic, both yeah. in pretty much everything he does, and that's fun. I mean, uh, Brian, I, I kind of had the same, I'm cynical like you, and I had the same kind of thought, um, mm-hmm. I think. But, you know, maybe he's being sincere. I mean, uh, you know, people with that sort of, obviously he's a, he's a wonderful artist, and people have, there's the term artistic temperament for a reason. Um, sure. And so, you know, maybe he just feels really hurt by uh, whoever uh, leaked this. But, uh, yeah, it's a shame because it's not so much I was really psyched about this Tarantino movie, but I'm really psyched about every Tarantino movie regardless of um, what it is. And so it's just like a bummer that now we have to wait maybe another two years, additional two years uh, for him to write something else. So that's a bummer. Uh, but at least we'll, at least we'll get to read the script and then we'll go away. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Uh, Kent, what are your what are your thoughts on it? It is man, it's <laughs> it's so great. Really, it's so dialogue driven. Um, what? I mean, it's it literally the whole m- movie takes place in two locations. Oh wow! On a stagecoach and in an herb dashery. Huh? Uh, That's crazy. It's. It's going to be supposedly was going to be shot in 70 millimeter gloriousness was the the phrasing that that Tarantino uses. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was going to be in cinemascope. It was supposed to be this big epic uh, film uh, set in the winter time in Wyoming. Um, it's it's got all the Tarantino stuff you would want. I mean, it's it's a lot of words. A lot of words. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, 
It's extremely <laughs> violent. It's, I mean, it's Tarantino. What can what can I say without spoiling it for these yeah. people? But um, I'm not going to link it because that's illegal. Uh-huh. Um, but there are if you're if you're savvy enough, you can get your hands on it, and I'll 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 hook you up, Richard. But I would suggest, yeah, go look it up if you can and, and check this out. I might just wait for the publish. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. It's. I mean, even if the movie comes out, I'm gonna be glad I read the screenplay because, yeah. man, it's just reading what Tarantino thinks in his head. I mean, the way he writes his screenplays are so detailed, and reading Glorious Bastard's screenplay, if, yeah, you, if you've ever done it's, that, it's, you know, I'm not, it's amazing. I'm not like you. I mean, I I read a lot, and I'm very um, word driven, yeah. but I don't read a lot of screenplays just because. I don't know. I've just never been in the habit of doing it. I don't have anything against it. I've just never done it. Yeah. But like the Tarantino ones, I always wait till after I see the movie, but I always try to read his just because it just teaches you so much about writing and, and uh, you know, just the f- amount of flair he puts in his – even his screenplays are just entertaining. Like, you know, yeah. the way he spaces things and things like that are, is really interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean I, I'll definitely read it at some point. Yeah. I actually heard her – go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Uh, I was <laughs> – I was just gonna make a bad joke. That's all. No oh, worries. oh, it's okay. I, I was gonna say that I only read the screenplays of Louis Letier. So <laughs> that was a good I only joke. read the the Medea screenplays. Or <laughs> you think it's written in all caps? Just like <laughs> I don't know. You know what you call Medea screenplay, Brian? What literature? <laughs> wow. Sure. Yeah. I heard a rumor that I don't know if you guys have heard about this that. That Tarantino was supposed to direct Casino Royale. Yeah, did you ever hear about this? Yeah, uh, like that. he was in discussions for a while with the Bond yeah. people. Um, he, it was his idea to bring back Casino Royale mm-hmm. to adapt the book into a movie, but he wanted to do it with Pierce Brosnan and in black and white. And <laughs> the studio was like, "No, we're doing it with Daniel Craig in color." So they basically took all of what Tarantino had done. And made Casino Royale, and of course, it's this huge thing now. But I, I think Casino Royale is a little overrated, personally. Um, but yeah. I love, uh, I would love to see him do a Bond movie. I would like, but as well. Sam Mendes crushed the last one, so we got to let him do another one at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see the next Mendes one, and Christopher Nolan is still my number two. Oh yeah, because it's been so rumored for so long. Yeah, um, and I would English, love to see that. Uh, you know, you you Mendez and, and Nolan, you like to live let those guys have a crack at it being, you know, English. I'd like to see Paul Greengrass take a stab at Bond too. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, it's good. After but Captain Phillips, little, you know. It'd be a little too borny. Yeah. I mean if you want to see him take a stab at Bond, just watch the Born Identity or Born Supremacy. Sure, yeah. I just want way. to see Paul Greengrass do an action movie that I care about. Uh, <laughs> You're not a born guy. I'm a born guy, but not a Jeremy Renner born guy. Oh really. no, 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 no! And the next movie is 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 Renner. Ugh. So, yeah, Good. it's another Renner um, roundup for. I, I don't know what the next born. It's not. They're not running like, out of pretentious big words. Yeah, there's a big word. <laughs> it, it's it's one. It's it's a word that's like wow. I can't believe that hasn't already been a born movie yet. Yeah. Um. The Born Synapse. Whatever the book is called, <laughs> anyway. But it's, I mean, yeah, so we're getting another another Renner Born movie, which is uh, not what the fans want, I don't think. Why would Damon not go back to Born at this point for one, for one go uh, around? You he know? really hated the experience of the third one, from what I, got, what I heard. Really, really hated it. 
I didn't, and I like, didn't hear do that. All, he thinks it's much worse than I think anyone thinks it is. Because it's definitely the worst of the three, but it's not like an awful movie. But Damon acts like it's like Godfather 3. And it's like, <laughs> it's not really like an embarrassing movie. I mean, it's just not as good as the other two, but it's not, I don't know. I don't really get his uh, thing. Yeah. His barometer. He, he was like, well, we just kind of made up the plot as we went. There was no real script. And I was like, well, I mean, we did a pretty good job. I mean, yeah. it's pretty decent. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's Actually. better than most movies that came out that year. I, I don't know. It's pretty impressive. Uh, well, let's let's talk about this, guys. I know this might stir up some controversy. With hold on, idea, real quick. Hold on. Okay. Born starring Damon, directed by Affleck. <laughs> All right. I have some Damon Affleck news. If you, uh, if, if I think I should segue to this and just mention it at least. So apparently, like uh, Damon and Affleck are producing a, a television show. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy. Is it Green Project Greenlight too? Because I hope so. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, it's worse. It's a CBS comedy show. Ninety percent uh, of our listeners have no idea uh, what you're talking about. That's the sad thing. I remember Sorry. that show, Project yeah, Greenlight, on HBO. Yeah. Uh, Tim Gunn, Heidi Klum. Is yep. that it, right? Same show. No, it's Project no, Runway. I think that's, I think that's Project <laughs> Runway. Make it make it work. Uh, so the show is uh is got, just got a pilot order uh, with a couple hours ago actually on for CBS. Uh, it's ca- it's a multi camera sh- sitcom okay. called More Time with Family, <laughs> and it's produced by Affleck and Damon, and it stars Tom oh, no. Papa. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, your your professor will be stoked about this kid. Oh, Tom is he still going to have time after the marriage ref? They're still doing marriage ref, right? They're That's not. Still a thing? This, Who is he? Fr- is he friends with Seinfeld? Yeah. Is yeah, that why he is. he's important? Yes, he is friends. Okay. I'm convinced right. that if Seinfeld had hosted the marriage ref, it would have it would have oh, been something. Totally. Tom Papa is the might be the most obnoxious stand up comedian yeah. out right now. And you, you might know more stand-up comedians than me, Richard, but I, uh, I went and saw Jerry Seinfeld live a couple years ago, and t- he brought Tom Papa, and I almost left before <laughs> before Jerry even. I was like, it's not even worth it anymore. Did you see uh, Todd Berry, the guy that opened for Louie when we were yeah. when we saw them? He's on the new uh, or last week's Comedians in Cars. Yeah, he's good. He's good yeah, he's very dry but very funny. I forgot that you and I went and saw Louie live. I know. I always forget about it too. It was so like kind of. Spur of the moment. It was kind of so thing. like intimate, the show and everything. Yeah. Was, that was really cool. I forgot about that. Uh, but Louie, man, Louie's doing good. I just yeah, see, I saw him on Letterman the other night. He was he posted his first film online. He did. It's called Tomorrow Night. Yeah. You can buy it on louisck.com.net, whatever. Um, I haven't seen it, but I saw it has JB Smoove, so I'm on board. Oh, yeah. He shot it in 98. That's what I heard. <laughs> it's over 15 years old. I mean, if, as long as it's a good uh, precursor to Pootie Tang, I'm in. <laughs> what People is don't know pre- Louis C.K. directed Pootie Tang. How and wrote that? it. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is random. It's it's amazing that he, like, never gave up. I know. Somewhere along. You know what I mean? Yeah, you <laughs> like, would think, like, kind of getting, leaving Conan to go do the Dana Carvey show, having that fall on its face. Like Simpsons writing he did yeah. for a while. And like never took off really as a stand up in the nineties and early two thousands. Really, you know, he's probably like, Man, I should probably give up sometime and then one day so he just got huge, yeah. 
Yeah, his divorce, I think, is really what made him, because it made him angry. Yeah. yeah. And everyone likes angry Louis the yeah. best, or sad Louis. Yeah. Um, I, I just needed to mention him. I saw him the other night. He looks great. We need to plug his little movie. I'm going to check it out for sure. Tomorrow oh, night That's sure. what it's called. Let's um, watch but, tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to mention is this. I sent you the text, Brian, about this Peter Pan movie. Have you heard about this? Mm, yeah. This movie, so. it seems like it's going to be sort of the same deal as Oz the Great and Powerful. Mm, uh, so I know this is going to be a good Super topic. Super to psyched. About. It's an origin story eight. for Peter Pan. Oh, good. We need that. Called Pan. <laughs> yeah, it's a live-action origin story uh, due to be released July 17th, 2015. Uh, I'm done. Is Hugh Jackman in it? I'm only interested if Hugh Jackman's in it. Yes, he is. Oh, of course he is. Blackbeard. So, yeah, Hugh Jackman as Blackbeard, apparently. And... I didn't know his wife was black. Sorry. That was a... <laughs> wow. That was a good one. Wow. I'm pretty proud of that one, but that's... <laughs> wow, Richard. Um, but so Hugh Jackman attached and Garrett Hedlund as Captain Hook Jr. Or young Captain Hook, apparently. So, Well, who plays um, Peter Pan? Has that been announced Who knows? Yet? No, it hasn't. Okay. So, Will it be a girl or guy? You know they're doing Peter Pan like they did uh, – they're also doing Peter Pan like they did Sound of Music as an NBC live musical. Are they? Mm-hmm. Next year. They haven't announced who it will be. Hopefully Carrie Underwood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the pixie cuts. Yeah. yeah, well, it always is a girl, you know. On those, like the musical yeah. versions, always a girl. Uh, I mean, they get true. Clay Aiken. You know, you could stay with the uh, American Idol, American Idol theme. theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. He's he's available right now. Here's the I thing think. about Clay Aiken, though, sneaky. He's like six <laughs> three, and it really throws me off whenever I see him interviews. Like Clay Aiken is a because he's kind of filled out now. That he's like thirty five. Like, Clay Aiken's kind of a big dude. Like, I don't know if I'd mess with Clay Aiken. <laughs> oh, I definitely wouldn't, but for other reasons. Yeah. Um, so, that, I mean, that's not, that's not exciting news to me. I'm not excited about this pan. Like, I've, I've reiterated my love for Peter Pan a couple episodes ago, I think. Really? Uh, but I, I love pan, but I don't need any more pan in my life, really. Um, Can we just watch Hook? Isn't that yeah. good enough? Yeah. I guess, I guess not. What so look for, like, five more of these movies. It'll be another I'm, Pirates of I'm the Caribbean. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to say that if, if your movie gets announced for summer of 2015, I'm not going to see it. At this point, yeah. there's enough. <laughs> there's too much. We yeah. have had enough. Uh, I'm, the podcast, I'm will, we, will there be a moment of 2015 where we're not talking to each other in some sort of recorded broadcast? No. 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 no only Just when we're watching up. movies. That's it. That's a yeah. And maybe we even might then have- we'll be talking about another movie while watching the current movie. We might have to multitask like that. We might have to. It's ridiculous. Stop putting movies in that year. Come on. Knock it off. It was the it was the spot vacated by um what got moved to 2016 that we talked about last week. Uh, I don't even um, remember. I don't even remember. But um one of the tent poles Bat- oh, Superman. Superman yeah. ba- Batman <laughs> Superman got moved, so that's what they put in its spot, the pan movie. So yeah. look forward to that. Um, but you guys want to wrap up movie news and uh, have a little American Treasure talk? Oh yeah, okay, always so, down. So, do you guys have any any um, thoughts on on our American Treasure system? I know we were trying to um, solidify the re- list of requirements, but I have a I list of names. I did find some real estate. Okay, um, in northern uh, Illinois, <laughs> okay. uh, just outside of Chicago, that we can actually start planning the building 
Nice. <laughs> Build a little cabin, you know, maybe invite some people out there. Yep. Have some re- have a retreat once a year. American Treasures retreat. <laughs> give everybody robes. <laughs> yeah, that's what we give away, not jackets. Robes, yes. Uh, yeah, we give away robes. That's what we get. <laughs> so I've got, man, I've got a huge list of names, guys. I've been thinking of probably for a month um, about Ooh. some American Treasures. So we, we have no pick. shortage of candidates here. And um, I'm trying to determine who I should bring to the table first. Um, female or male, guys? Let me we ask need you a female. We need a female. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. Female American right Treasures. Now. Okay. How about this? On the eve of her 60th birthday, American Treasure Oprah Winfrey? Hmm. No. Are we, are we opening the journalist wing? The- I mean, journalist wing. Yeah. I don't know if I said journalist that. Yeah, journalist wing. Oprah has shown a few glimpses, mostly with David Letterman over the last few years. My argument would be, I'm going to say no. My argument would be she has shown a few glimpses of a sense of humor about herself with Letterman, but not enough. That is true. That is the main requirement, a sense of humor about oneself. Um, and I would say she's close She's close, and I would not be opposed to giving. She did do a, that Letterman Super Bowl spot a couple years that's, ago. That's what I'm saying. She's yeah. the, I mean, there's been a few instances of it, but I would find I find her, for the most part, pretty super serial. So I'm going to vote no at this point, but I will be open to her being reproposed in two or three years. Brian. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna also cast my vote for no. I, I I look Oprah's great at what she does. I don't know that what she does is that great for our purposes, if that makes any sense. And and I'm with you guys. I don't totally. think that that she has shown the comedic chops that I want for my American treasures. So okay, no, totally fair. And this is just one of the many names I have to bring to the table. Excellent. I'll throw another female at you. American treasure Sally Field? No. No. Next vote. <laughs> I hate <laughs> Sally Field. So she's if uh if she's gonna get in, that's gonna have to be a uh a uh oh what's our our, our a veterans committee. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I can't I can't handle her. She's awful to me. She's insufferable. You know when she in Lincoln when she plays like she plays Mary Todd who's pretty much an insufferable character right yeah and I, but it's like yeah of course she does because she is also insufferable so you just still hate her from the style fire i yeah. do and and because she's involved with uh with forrest gump so that doesn't oh, that doesn't yeah. help but uh believe it or not guys not a lot of american actresses who lit, make a who have been in the business 25 years yeah that i mean it's it's tough to even bring canada to the table so uh, i've got i've got more names uh, gonna, I'd be down with Streep, but, but I mean, does she really need another award? Meryl Streep. It's yeah, I I have She's her funny. down here, uh, but it's one that I mean, it's it's so obvious that I'm in no rush to yeah inaugurate her as an American treasure sure. yet. Um, I'm gonna bring one more female to the table. Uh, let's see, <laughs> American treasure Sigourney Weaver. No. No, not funny. Not funny. To, Galaxy Quest funny. Sense of humor about oneself. Kind of about it. Not, Cabin in the I Woods. No, I just don't feel like she's... I, look, fine actress, has some iconic moments, for sure. Alien, um, some, done some great stuff. D- 
does she belong in the same category as Bill Murray? No, I don't think so. Yeah, we can't vote. There. I mean, I want there to be a woman member very badly, but not to sound like the head of the Augusta, but it's got to be the right woman. <laughs> right, right. I, I personally, um, I mean, it's y'all's, it's obviously going to be a two on whoever gets two votes gets in. Right. Um, I don't know if I would vote for Meryl. That's fine. I don't know if she's got the comedic chops I don't think or I sense would. of humor oh, about no. oneself. She's funny, man. The Oscars a couple years ago. She's where... funny, but um, funny haha or like funny um, lighthearted? I think she's funny haha. She makes some pretty dirty jokes too, which I always like in my old ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have but to I just be me. I mean, I. I, I... I like Meryl, but I, I I also would vote no on her just be just out of spite for winning everything else. Yeah, yeah. Just because she doesn't need it, right? I it's I would vote tough. no just to uh, just to uphold the honor of Viola Davis, who deserved that Oscar so so greatly. So yeah, man, it's female candidates. It's tough to bring to the table. It, it is tough. It it's is a really tough business. Look, yeah, you, I've got other it. names, but. I, I should, should we have probably some younger people that'll definitely make it as they get older. Oh, definitely, absolutely. Who but, are who are on the brink of American Treasure status? I would say my vote's number one for a female that's close in age and close in time in the public eye. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go Allison Janney on you guys. I have her on the mm-hmm. list. She, yeah. I was going to bring her up. Um, I don't think she's quite there, but she yeah. might be our first female n- nominee. Yeah, and then Faye and Polar, obviously, at some point. Yeah. When they get to that uh, next, hey, let's uh, over this next week. Let's let's uh, nail down our qualifications, yeah, and then we'll uh, okay. then we'll be able to definitively go to these uh, these things when we uh, when we yeah. talk American treasure. Next week on the podcast, we will give you our official uh, requirements, rules, bylaws, etc. for uh, for American treasure status. The most vaunted of statuses, I would okay. say. We are opening an actor and a. Public figure wing, wing. Let's put it that way. That journalist way wing too. Well, no. Let's let's group the journalists in with public figures. Okay. That way, we don't yeah. have to get exclusive. Like, if someone's a musician, they can all go in the public figure wing. Okay. Are we are we going to open a sports wing at some point, or is that is that I reserved for? I think that's public figure. Okay. All right. What yeah. do you think of that? We have an actor wing and a public figure wing. Kind of fiction sure. and nonfiction type thing. Sure. In a way. That's just what I would nominate. So, so Streep's a no. So no, no. but no one gets submitted today, I guess. Nope. Nope. Um, Those are your three nominees. I, I have other. So I have mails to bring, but that's for another day. Mm-hmm. I have. I literally have about fifty people we can talk about, but okay. you guys yeah, are gonna have will. to stay tuned uh, to other episodes for those. And it'll be good, guys. I've got some. I've got some. I've got some definite American treasures on this list. I'm just warning and you. I'm not going to spoil them all now. But if you, for those of you at home, feel free to contact the show at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. We yeah. will take your nominees. Uh, make your case. Make your case. Make we'll, your case. Uh, yeah. Don't just give us a name. Explain why you think yeah. so. We'll uh, vote on we, it. We can read it on the show, but we are the nominating committee at this point, so we will vote on it and uh, make a decision. Also, uh, guys, uh, I want to make s- one more. I want to make one more nomination for today, if we can, for a North American treasure. If that's okay, okay. yeah. Sure. I know um, our first, our North American treasure right now is Martin Short, I believe, uh-huh. and Michael J. Fox. And Michael J. Fox. Okay. Yeah. This is sort of overdue. Maybe North American treasure John Candy. Oh. 
Yeah, I, I would vote yeah. It, uh, posthumous award, sure, yeah. Richard? Uh, you know what? I I think we should keep it the people that are currently alive because that opens up a slippery slope. Okay. But I am in favor of naming the North American... Uh, the John Candy wing. The, the John Candy wing for North American treasures. Okay. That's how I would do it because the only thing, if we start doing people that are dead, then... Then we start looking at, you know, everyone who ever lived. Marks, yeah. <laughs> so he's definitely an American treasure status to me, though. I saw him, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. I think it was like Spaceballs or something. I was oh, like, dude, John Candy is the best. He's <laughs> the best. And I think the candy wing for North American treasures is a, a great way to honor him without having the slippery slope. Totally agree. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I'm on board with that. Totally agree. Good, good talk, guys. Welcome, John Candy, to the North American <laughs> Treasure Wing. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, guys. Let's move on and let's talk about Lone Survivor. This office compromise. This is Spartan 01 radio chat. Danny, you radio working? The way I see it, we got two options. One, let them go, roll the dice. Second that they run down there, we got 200 on our backs. Two, we terminate the compromise. We cannot do that. I don't care. I care about you. I care about you. I care about you. Well, we're here. It's 2014, our first movie. Does this count as a 2014 movie? It does. It, it's wide release was, was 2014. Okay. It's technically a 2013 movie as far as the Academy goes. It was nominated for a couple of awards this year. Uh, okay. Sound editing, I believe, and uh, sound mixing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for this year's Oscars. So, okay, it's actually a little surprising that they didn't try to move this 
into 2014 more, considering how how stacked 2013 was. Yeah. Um, as far as awards caliber films, uh, this one definitely got overshadowed. I think they did. I think they did exact right thing with this yeah. movie after seeing it. Because uh, I mean, I'm not going to give my whole grade or anything like that, but this is not uh, Academy Award caliber film. No. But it is extremely entertaining. Um, it got. I think they get it just right. You get those those uh, technical nominations for the sound and stuff like that. Great. Give a little pub for your film. Awesome. And open during a period when there is nothing that people want to go see. Great. Perfect. Great job. Yeah, it definitely, man. People were talking about this like crazy. Uh, my Facebook feed was blowing up uh, the weekend that it came out. People were um, ranting and raving about about this film. So it's good to talk about it. And Brian Gill, I want to get your initial thoughts first. Um, I know you tried to recommend this last week, uh, but I, I wouldn't let yeah. you. You you rejected my recommend. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your what are your initial thoughts of this? Um, save spoilers, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. So give us your initial thoughts. Yeah, you know, I was very excited about this movie. I I'm a big Peter Berg fan. Um, he's made. A couple of great films. Uh, the Kingdom is one of the most underrated films of the last decade, I think. Um, I, the Friday Night Lights movie is great, in my opinion. And the Friday Night Lights TV show, uh, one of these days I'll recommend. And I hope one of these days you guys will watch that and we can do a whole episode on it or something. Uh, for me, it's the best, the best network TV drama um, of my lifetime, maybe of all time. I think it's a tremendous show. Um, so I, I'm a big I'm a big Berg fan, and I I, I dig the cast uh, of this film. Um, so I was very excited going in. I'm not disappointed. It didn't quite reach the heights that I would have hoped for it to uh, to get to um, when it was announced. It uh, it missed a few a few marks uh, towards becoming just a you know a great movie or or a even a very good movie, um, but. That said, it's uh, it's it's uh, man, it's very entertaining in a uh, not. I don't know how to put that. Uh, it's very dramatic and very serious, but it still has it still packs a punch of uh, of pretty good solid entertainment. It's well shot. I think it definitely deserves its uh, nominations. You know, for like sound and, and things like that. I mean, did a great job with that stuff. Sound mix and sound editing for sure. I like the performances. I like most of the direction, um, and I like the way that Berg told the story. I, I was kind of thinking going in that maybe it was going to be a, a little bit weird. You know, we know that only one of these people is going to live, um, just based on the title. But I actually think that he used that pretty well to, and still managed to make it a uh, uh, an engrossing narrative, I guess, for the for the most part. So definitely some missteps. Not as good as it as I would have really loved it to have been, but uh, on the whole, um, it's a, it's a uh, it's a solid movie for sure. I definitely agree with you um, that it, it it has some missteps, but I would use the word solid as well um, yeah. as um, my main word for this re- for my thoughts on mm. this movie. Um, Could have been great. Uh, the storyline was awesome. Um, Mr. Berg, I'm not going to lie. He's not my favorite guy out there. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced like he's going to make a, a stellar, incredible film someday. But like right now he's, he's great at making the second best of like 
everything. Like, uh, like Friday Night Lights is like the second best movie about high school football, probably behind, uh, of course, remember the Titans. Uh, <laughs> Battleship is like the second best movie about transforming robots. <laughs> yeah. uh, this movie is like the second best movie about Afghanistan and the Iraq War. Uh, behind probably Hurt Locker, in my opinion. Mm. So, I mean, he's he's right up there with these guys. Um, he's he's just doing a lot of the same stuff uh, that we've seen before. I love his incorporation of Explosions in the Sky. Um, mm-hmm. That does the score, oh, yeah. did the score for this movie, and did Friday Night Lights as well. Um, great man, such a great choice, and they just work so seamlessly together. Um, but I love the scenics in this movie. Uh, it was gorgeous. It was very well shot. I, I really enjoyed how they put real footage at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that was really cool. It really Very did cool. get me engaged uh, right from the start. Uh, showing I could watch just an hour of like the real SEALs training. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, man, this is cool. This is yeah, really it was cool. crazy. It was crazy really insane. Stuff that they go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that. And, and there are other, other stuff I liked and did not like. Uh, but my initial impressions are this is a solid film. And it's a pretty solid war movie. And there's mm-hmm. other movies I can compare it to uh, that have come out in the past 10 years that I think it's sort of similar to that I'll talk about here in a second. But I want Richard's initial impressions first, uh, Lone Survivor. Yeah, I mean, not to go uh, too uh, flower child here. I hate war. Um, <laughs> obviously, I think it's uh, necessary a lot of time. I'm not like uh, anti-war. I I just don't like it. And so I, I hate uh, – I don't like war movies. Unpopular mm-hmm. opinion alert. Not a big fan. So uh, I had to really watch this only from a critical perspective. I couldn't watch it emotionally really because I just hate those kind – I just don't like war movies. Weird thing about me. If they're, I especially hate Vietnam uh, movies because uh, it's about war and there's uh, quite a bit of woods. At least this has um, – <laughs> The desert, which is for me. Man, imagine war. there is a lot of woods in, this, in here. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. So uh, that those two things, woods and war, often go hand in hand. Sure. Um, and thus, I, I'm not sure which one I don't like more. Um, but so I had to watch this completely, like with my brain. I, I I couldn't like. It's not a movie I would ever go see or be super psyched about um, by my my lonesome. Uh, but it's, that being said, I certainly did appreciate a lot, a lot of the movie. Uh, I, I I think uh, Peter Berg, he's he's a very vocal director. For some reason, I I hear him interviewed more than any other right. act, uh, director, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and uh, I think that's because he's you know he's acted before and obviously. So I feel like I know him pretty well, um, and I like him. I think he's a crazy person, but I like him. Um. And so I kind of want his movies always to be good. I love the Friday Night Lights movie, Brian. I know the uh, the uh, Friday Night Lights show is a gaping hole in my uh, in my resume. I, I I haven't gotten to that yet, and I I I'm completely certain I will adore it because people uh, love it, and, and and you being you know paramount among those people uh, <laughs> that I respect. Uh, but I, uh, I so I I think Wahlberg was as good as he possibly could have been in, been, been in this movie, but he felt weird. A part of it, cause yes. I know what that yes. guy like yes. looks like and is like. And yeah. so, uh, he's nothing like Wahlberg. So it was, I don't know for me, that mm-hmm. took me out of it a little bit. Um, but Wahlberg was, I mean, it wasn't his fault. It was just kind of an odd casting choice. The rest I, of the yeah, cast totally. was fine. Um, 
but yeah, that was this script was good. It, it had a lot of entertainment, but the whole time I'm just like nervous and hating my life because I I hate war movies. But uh-huh. uh, uh, but yeah, very very I you know very well executed and yeah, like Brian said, on the business side of things, really smart uh, release date. Yeah, it's funny to me uh, that we both we got both Taylor Kitsch and Emil Hirsch in this film. <laughs> Because at this point, they're basically indistinguishable from each other. <laughs> like, there were points in this movie, like, they both have a beard. And there were points in this movie, I was like, is that Taylor Kitsch or Emil Hirsch? Like, especially when they're, like, covered in blood. <laughs> like, you just couldn't tell who yeah. was who. Uh, yeah. So that I don't know if that was the correct choice here. They're both great actors. And I, I love both their work. But um, sometimes it was it was a little confusing for me, the viewer. I really do enjoy Taylor Kitsch, though. I think this guy's this- an up-and-comer. Sure. This was a great return to like, I mean, this was a good showcase for what he can do. Cause yeah. I think people, people kind of wrote him off, um, after 2012 cause he, you know, he had three movies and none of them did very well. And, and I don't think any of that was his fault, but, um, it kind of, I think it made people think, well, what it showed was he's not a leading man. You can't put him on a, in a movie, give it a $200 million budget and expect him to carry it. It's not going to happen. But it was always weird to me because he had a his biggest thing was that is Friday Night Lights, right? Which is a show mm-hmm. that's great, but which is a show that for a season or two was shown only on direct TV on demand. Yeah. Right, right. Because NBC couldn't get ratings on it. And so then you expect him to then front a multi million dollar Disney exactly. movie. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. No, I I didn't know who he was. And yeah. I'm pretty yeah. uh plugged yeah. in. So you know, weird. Yeah, just general bad idea for sure. Like he can't do that, but he's a he's a very talented actor. And this, I I love Taylor Kitsch. I uh, I mean, I my kid's middle name is is his character on Friday Night Lights. I mean, I, I and I Dom? he's tremendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I Dom I mean, Riggins. <laughs> Riggins. There you go. Yeah. But uh, so I mean, I think he's fantastic. And this was a I think it was a great showcase for what he's capable of doing because yeah. I mean, he's in the middle of a pretty talented cast of guys, and there are moments in this movie that that he completely owns. I mean, he is the best, the best person on the screen. Yeah, um, in a few shots, and that's that's saying something. I mean, especially like a guy like Ben Foster, who is super talented, and he's also never going to be like a a movie yes. star like Wahlberg is. But I mean. We've seen Ben Foster and stuff yes. with big time important actors, and he is better than those guys are. Dude, I mean, Ben Foster really is. Dude. I underlined his name on my notes because mm-hmm. I wanted to bring him up. Man, this guy was awesome in this movie. He's uh, great. He has, he's great. I think everything yeah. he does. He's in some bad movies, but as I mean, as far as his like performances go, he is really good. He, I think he's maybe a little jacked up in the head because he he usually plays like the most messed up person in a movie, but, uh, man, he's really stinking good at it. Yeah. He, he has the two best lines in the movie, by the way, which are, you can die for your country, but I'm going to live for mine. <laughs> yeah. And I am the Reaper when he's like, yeah, that was Taliban. Yeah. Like, if he was that reading, was one of those moments where you're like, Oh, right. This guy's messed up. I forgot yeah. for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, we get to look forward to him as Lance Armstrong. So that's good. That is true. Oh gosh! I wanted to mention the the documentary that Peter Berg made uh, called King's Ransom for Thirty for Thirty about oh, okay. about Wayne Gretzky. That was actually awesome. And it was. That was the he, first one, wasn't it? I think it's one of the first. Yeah, it was in the first batch. I think. Uh, so 
I mean, that was really cool, and I need to give him props for that because I did enjoy that. It was one of my favorite documentaries. Um, Have so, either of you guys seen The Kingdom? I haven't. I have. Is that the one that's like about Pocahontas? No, that's The New World. That was like a 2005 with like Bateman. No, yeah, that's New World. No, it's it's got Bateman. Yeah, and Bateman and Fox. Jamie Fox. And, yeah. uh, and it's set in it's it's uh, Israel or I think Israel. It's been a while since I've watched it, but. Uh, their American team goes overseas to investigate a bombing, and uh, man, it's really good. You got you should check it out. Can't it's uh what's it's it a, called? The Kingdom. What year did it come Re- out? Two thousand seven. Okay. Really strong movie that people don't. I don't think many people have seen, and um, and certainly I think it kind of gets overlooked. And it's uh, man, it's it's really good, really good. Yeah, it was. This movie was crazy because it was kind of like at least for the first two thirds of it, that Wahlberg was a sort of secondary character. Mm -hmm. I don't know um, exactly why that was. I mean, I know why it is at the end, but I thought it the first half to first two thirds could have used more Wahlberg. That's just my, maybe my opinion. Um, I feel that way about every movie though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, you know, the notebook could use a lot more Wahlberg. (laughs) That's <laughs> true. Can't argue with that. I can't. I can't at all. Um, but there was some. There was some definitely some intense scenes. I really did enjoy. Like when once they go actually go out into the field and um, do their mission, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And I'll give Mister Berg credit here. He definitely knows how to do the suspenseful um, action scene. Like when the the first mm-hmm. the first uh, real suspenseful scene where the the farmers with the goats sort of come across them in the middle of the woods. And uh, they find the walkie-talkie on the guy, and they're trying to, you know, radio out to base camp about what what they found, but they can't get a signal. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome, and I'll give them credit there. That was that was pretty suspenseful. I'll, I'll I will say that I was. There were parts of this movie like um, after after that after that scene, and they go up to the top of the mountain, and they just start getting fired upon like crazy. Uh, they they all start falling. Yeah, for, like for like five minutes, everyone's just falling. I couldn't. I couldn't look at that. Literally, I was. I. I looked away from the screen, and when Wahlberg started falling down the cliff, mm-hmm. and I just all I heard. I closed my eyes, and all yeah. I heard was. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just falling forever. Yeah, it was, it was like, a long okay, sequence. Okay, I get it. It was. Yeah. It was very long. Um, and for somebody who has fallen off a cliff before, which I have. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't watch that scene. They call me crazy. So random. So it's it's nuts. Um, But that, I couldn't watch that. It was pretty gory. Very gory sometimes. I found myself very squeamish a lot of the times in this movie. Um, So I'll give him credit there. It definitely looked real at times. Uh, Neil Hirsch's injuries were disgusting. His face was like cut open half the movie. Yeah. Uh, Spoilers coming up now for Lone Survivor. (laughs) When, (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing at this. When Taylor Kitsch dies in the movie uh, at the top of the mountain and he, uh, the Taliban find him and, and shoot him, it's the most Tropic Thunder death yeah. <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie besides Tropic Thunder. Like he's standing in the sunshine and they start shooting him from behind and you just see bullets hitting him from all directions and he's like convulsing and he drops to his knees. I was just waiting for them to cut to Downey Jr. like, yeah. survive! <laughs> uh, no, you're brother. right though. That, there's, I think that's the main... One of my two big issues with the movie is, I, I like I said at the beginning, I really like Peter Berg, but he 
he has this he has like an inner Michael Bay yes and he just a lot of times he can't quite harness that and keep that from coming out because I think there's like three or four scenes in this action scenes obviously that don't that it feels like a movie whereas so much of the rest of it feels like it could have been a documentary I mean you're you're kind of shake camera away from presenting this as found footage at some points you know uh, it really feels like you're there with these guys um, as they're being ambushed and stuff the for example that first scene where they're all falling down the cliff and stuff I thought was very authentic and even I mean it went on forever and ever but it was um, it, it felt like something that that really happened. Then later, Taylor Kitsch falls down another cliff, and yeah. that one really felt like stunt work. Um, and and you're right with the with Kitsch's death is the same way. Ben Foster's death is the same way, like super just cinematic rather than um, realistic and authentic. And I think that for me, that's probably the biggest thing that held the movie the movie back. There's like five scenes that if you could just go back and shoot it less Michael Bay and yes. more documentary style, this is um, a, a much better movie, I think. I Exactly. Great point, Brian, because the problem I have with this movie overall, um, and this sort of goes along with Richard's feelings too, war is not pretty. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, A movie like Saving Private Ryan, right? I... I well, this is the I, best war movie since Saving Private Ryan. I applaud Spielberg so much for what he did with Saving Private Ryan because it was so gritty and so realistic. Like Spielberg can make any movie look great, any situation look great. He chose not to uh, for realistic uh, purposes' sake. But in this movie, like during especially the war scenes when they're um, the gun the gunfights, the main gunfight after they get first get ambushed. It's some of the most gorgeous shots of the, in the movie. Like, there's yeah, gorgeous yeah. lens flares throughout the whole sequence and stuff. And, like, it was a little too stylized for me for a battle sequence for a war. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, this, isn't, this isn't aliens versus cowboys or something where it's, like, fun How battle. dare you? Cowboys versus aliens. You know, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, this yeah, is a no, serious totally war movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I don't want to see pretty uh, lens flares during a during a battle scene. But Iron Tarantino wanted to direct um, Cowboys versus Aliens in black and white with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> Not a bad idea. So you know what I'm saying though this this movie yeah, was it was gorgeous, but that's also to its detriment. It was gorgeous. I, uh, I this, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, uh, it was a little you, you too. You just want him in those moments to like. We get it. You're you're really. Talented I want him to act like he's director. actually there. I want yeah, the camera to it, shake during these scenes. I 100 percent agree. Yeah. Um. So that was my main complaint with this movie. I mean, it's it's solid, but there are stylistic differences that I would have made. Yeah. For sure. The other thing that got me, and this is this is what Richard said in the beginning, that Mark Wahlberg does not fit in this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like it was. Um. I understand why they cast him, and if I'm not, I think if, if I'm not mistaken. He really helped get the financing for this movie, so I mean, he's a big part of why it got made in the first place. So I, I, I get it. Um, but w- once he's on his own, um, and spoiler alert, the movie's called Lone Survivor, and you know he's the one that survives. So uh, once he's on his own, which is for like what the last thirty-five minutes yeah. of the movie, something like that. Um, I never forgot that I was watching Mark Wahlberg. Now, I mean, I, I yeah. just. I didn't see him as a character anymore. I, I didn't have a problem with that so much when it was a band of brothers and they were fighting for their lives. But once he was the only one left, 
it felt like I was watching a movie star, not an actor. And that's not necessarily to his detriment. I mean, it's, or, or his fault even. I just don't know that he was exactly the right person for, for this role. Um, but other than the fact that he, you know, he helped get, I mean, if you don't have Mark Wahlberg in this movie, it doesn't get made. So I, I heard I, I that, get that but. I heard that Peter Berg made Battleship. Like the studio said, Hey, if you direct this Battleship movie, we'll mm-hmm. let you make Lone Survivor. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I heard. That was, that was the story I heard. But I don't know what Wahlberg had to That's do with that. That's what he tells maybe. people when they're like, you made Battleship? He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's made but it perfectly clear that he hates Battleship. Because I love America and wanted to tell a war yeah. story. I mean, what are you, a communist? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Try not casting Rihanna and Brooklyn Decker in your film <laughs> if you want to be taken seriously. That's that's my opinion. But um, So oh, this the movie I was going to compare this to, and you know, like – only time will tell how this movie holds up. But right now, this movie seems to me like it's going to be a, a We Were Soldiers. Yeah. Remember that movie curious. from with yeah. Mel Gibson oh, yeah. from like 2002? Yeah. Uh, a very good movie, in yeah. my opinion. Um, good movie. Everyone for like two weeks was talking about it. Yeah. You know, but not they were like, man, this is Mel Gibson's yeah. best stuff. Totally. Uh, Mel Gibson's awesome. And then like – Four years just go by and no one talks about We Were Soldiers. Killed a lot of Jewish people in that movie, though. <laughs> you just can't resist, can you, Richard? You can't at all. You can't. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, this movie just feels that way to me. It feels like yeah, uh, it's it's going to be really popular for a month, but I feel like in two years, probably no one's going to care about, about this movie. And, and That's how Jarhead was, too. But Jarhead's, yeah, ter- I, Jarhead's terrible. I just mean from, like, a popularity standpoint. It sure, was, like, big yeah. for three weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sure. And I, and I don't think that in when we look back at Mark Wahlberg's career that this is going to be a highlight. I just don't think so. I I kind of I agree. Has, I think a, he has more better better stuff. Yeah, than him. yeah. I, I agree with you from a cinematic standpoint, but I do think that this is a movie that is going to play extremely well in three years on TNT on Independence Day, you sure. know, or or something like that. I think. I think this is going to have a second life that We Were Soldiers never really did um, because it is – I think it's way more relatable. It's than, more watchable uh, for sure. It is. It's and more I, fun. I, I, for, the, for the record, I think, uh, I think We Were Soldiers is a, is a very good movie, but yeah. um, it's way more – it's way easier to embrace this movie because it, it's, all about, uh, it's all about a band of brothers rather than um, a war that most people – don't um, don't really know how to. I mean, this isn't really about the Afghan war, right? I mean, it's it's about yeah. these these four guys. Whereas we were soldiers is kind of all about. Um, gosh, is it Korea or Vietnam? I can't even remember. At this it's point. Vietnam. It's been so long since I've seen that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think this is a super accessible. Once you edit it down a little bit um, and stick it on TNT seventeen times in a weekend, I think uh, people are it, it will have it will find a little bit of a second life. Yeah, I would hey, definitely watch it again. It's on a money, dude. Like, it has. It's made more domestically already than Zero Dark Thirty did. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, a little surprising. It's doing well. I mean, it was a $40 million budget, um, and it's made 95 already. So that's, I mean, the very, very, yeah. Power Wahlberg, and and also I would say the power, I, I think partly Peter Berg learning the lesson, because Battleship costs so much money to make, um, and this looks better on less than half the budget. So, you know, good for you, buddy. You, you kind of, I mean, at least toned it down a little bit um, as far as making a movie that has a chance to make its money back. 
Yeah. So, guys, Brian, what's your grade for Lone Survivor? I'm going to go with just a solid B+. Richard? I'm going to go solid B. Cool. I'm going to go solid B as well. Um, this, I definitely enjoyed this film, and I will watch it again. But it wasn't as, uh, I don't know, impactful as I wanted it to be. Does sure. that make sense? Sure. Um, I didn't cry. I'll say that. Yeah, that's it's what a, I mean. I didn't cry. I didn't feel I that emotion that I yeah, wanted to I feel. I cried very, very easily in a movie, especially like war movies and stuff like that. I didn't cry until the very end when they started showing pictures of like the actual people and stuff. That yeah. kind of kind of broke me down a little bit. But like Saving Private Ryan, I probably watch mm, maybe 10 times and I just I just hunker down and weep every single time. So I mean, it's not—it's not quite. It's not that level, and it's not. It's probably not fair to compare it to that. But when we don't get Bill a lot Simmons of movies, did. yeah, Bill Simmons did exactly. I saw and that I mean, on the poster. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what they're going for, right? I mean, they're trying to be the next saving or the, the the new Saving Private Ryan in a lot of ways. So I mean, you know, it's it's probably a fair comparison, I guess. But um, but I think Saving Private Ryan is one of the best movies of all time. Oh, so it's easily. not. Probably can't say, oh, it's not super Ryan, it's not good. Well, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Oh, did you, have you guys seen Band of Brothers? Oh, yeah, definitely. That is, might be my favorite show of all time, like like miniseries. Anything that's aired on TV, that might be the best ever. That sh- that's just incredible. If you've never seen that, get on HBO Go and check it out. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for stealing my weekly recommend, Kent. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Tried to see it, it for once. <laughs> You can still recommend it. Okay. On that note, guys, let's move on. Let's do weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. Richard. Hey. Why don't you kick us off, man? Well, shocker. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm not a big uh, war movie aficionado, but uh, there's uh, one that. Uh, uh, not necessarily a movie, but one miniseries that is so good you can't really uh, resist, even though it's not um, my cup of tea in terms of content. But that's a HBO's Band of Brothers. Uh, we're looking at what? Probably about 12, 13 years ago. When did that come yeah. out? 2003, yeah, somewhere in there? Yes. Uh, and uh, a lot of just random actors that we like show up in it, uh, and, and David Schwimmer, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that is random. In, in like a commander role, yeah. Yeah, but no, just a really, really excellent uh, piece of work and, and kind of launched the whole kind of artistic mini, you know, miniseries before were, you know, the Jackson 5 story and, and things like that. Uh, this, for me at least, was the first like kind of serious, uh, you know, miniseries that I've ever, ever seen. So uh, Band of Brothers HBO, is, there's a million box sets. You probably bought it before for your dad on uh, Father's Day. Uh, but buy one again for you because it's uh, it's a wonderful uh, historical document and a wonderful artistic document as well. So, uh, Band of Brothers, HBO, get it, watch it, love it. Did you ever see The Pacific? Yeah, I did, and it's very good as well. It's pretty solid. It's, not, it's different. Yeah, but it's it's not uh, not Band of Bros as I like to call yeah. it when I'm with my bros. It's been a long time since I've watched that. I forgot that uh, Fastbender is in that. Yeah, he is. Fastbender. Wahlberg's brother's in it too. Yeah, Donnie. Donnie, and that was the I think the beginning for like for uh, Damian Lewis. Uh, James McAvoy is in it for okay. a little bit too, if I'm not mistaken. Colin Hanks makes an appearance if mm. I'm not mistaken. Oh, so yeah, definitely great, great recommend. It's a really, really good series. It's 
it's so good that I don't want want to watch it. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah it's one. It's like the Godfather. It. It's like it's. I know it's so good that it's like it'll ruin it every time. Every time I watch it, it's just getting old to me. Yeah, I prefer to keep it in my mind enshrined in gold. Man, I'm, such a good recommend. I'm looking through the uh, the cast list, um, and uh, Tom Hardy is in a couple of episodes. Yeah, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg is in a couple of yeah. episodes. That one took me by surprise. So yeah, oh, great, great recommend, Richard. I, I love love Band of Brothers. Tremendous, tremendous show. Tremendous, absolutely great recommend, Richard. Thank you. I'm gonna recommend an interview this week. Um, I I have mentioned my my obsession with the Howard Stern show and uh, this year has, has been no, no different. He had the one and only Harvey Weinstein on a, oh, wow. a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to recommend uh, Howard Stern's interview with Harvey Weinstein. If you're not familiar with him, he is the, uh, the head of the Weinstein company and the, uh, formerly Miramax, which he sold to, to Disney back in the, Early 2000s, I believe. And Disney has done nothing with it and just killed right. the brand. Smart exactly. Purchased by them. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the amount of projects that Harvey Weinstein has gotten onto the screen is just truly amazing. Uh, I think he, as, on his IMDb last time I checked, he had been attached to like over 250 movies or something in the past 20 years or something. Wow. So, wow. Uh, just an incredible, I mean, the guy's a genius. I mean, he discovered Kevin Smith. I mean, he he got Pulp Fiction made. You know, he this uh, guy it's one for two. <laughs> I was gonna say, so we can blame him for Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I like Kevin. I like uh, I like Clerks. That's the only Kevin Smith stuff I like. Sure. Um, but I mean, he, the guy the guy is truly a visionary, and this, the amount of stuff that he's been involved with will truly melt your brain. So check out this check out this interview with Howard Stern. It's an hour long. I mean, and Howard, you know, holds no bars. In, in his interviews, he asks him everything you want to hear about Tarantino and and everything. So check this out; it's an hour long, and uh, try to get to know Harvey Weinstein because he's a name that you'll probably hear come up a couple more times mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. And it's and we should mention him because uh, when we're talking about Tarantino's Hateful Eight. Apparently, Harvey doesn't want to make any more violent movies. <laughs> so I don't know if that has anything to do with with Tarantino moving on from this incredibly violent Hateful Eight script or not. The fact that his financier uh, mm. probably wouldn't make it. So, well, if he's gonna have to find a new financier, then because that's that's like it's gonna be hard for deal. Quentin to get a yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not like he's gonna make a Nicholas Sparks adaptation next. So, I mean. <laughs> seriously, uh, so that's my recommend is uh, Harvey Weinstein on the Howard Stern show. <laughs> so, I start laughing at a Nicholas Sparks book with a lot of racist language in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be in there now. I don't know. I've never read yeah, one. I'm going to assume there is because I don't want to. <laughs> let's is. do that. Let's let's adapt the Nicholas Sparks property, make it extremely racist. And be like, I don't. People leave and be like, I don't remember that at all from the. Yeah, party. it's the subtext. <laughs> you didn't check the subtext. <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. All right, Brian, what's your recommend? Um, I want to say to you, hey, I'm going to send you guys the. Uh, article about Weinstein that I read today from Vulture um, about like his various tactics that he's used over the years to get uh, all those Oscar nominations and stuff. Just kind of goes hand in hand with what you were just talking about, Kent. Pretty yeah, crazy. Cool. I'll send that over. Um, my weekly recommend is a, a movie that is out in theaters now that uh, I went and saw over the weekend, and I, I sort I enjoyed enough that I would say it's it's worth seeing in January when there's nothing out, um, and that is Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Fr- um, oh. Not I Frankenstein. Um, I mean, you know, 
Come on, guys. Uh, what'd you say there? Sorry. Is, is this have Aaron Eckhart as a former monster? <laughs> With a six-pack? Probably every movie should. Um, <laughs> no, uh, anyway, I went and saw Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. It was originally supposed to come out in uh, December. They bumped it back because of how crowded 2013 was and also because it, it you know, wasn't that great. Um, I like the Jack Ryan mythology. Uh, the, those first three movies are, are solid films. Uh, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger and, of course, Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Some of all fears is an abomination, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Um, look, I, I, I liked it. It's smarter than I thought that it might be going in. It's definitely got some flair, some Kenneth Branagh flair, um, which was cool. The story is, you know, the plot is is a little bit, um, it's not up to the characters. I would say it's a little bit lame. It's a decent origin story. If they get an opportunity to make another film, which I don't know if they will, because it, it certainly hasn't set the world on fire or anything. If they did get an opportunity to make a second film, I think you could be looking at a, at a pretty good um, action action movie. So Chris Pine was good, uh, um, and it's always I good to see Kevin Costner, right? So uh, look, it was, it was it was enjoyable enough for and and better than it than I kind of thought it would be, and certainly better than most anything you're going to get um, over the next uh, month or two. Who's so, the uh, uh, Who's the best Jack Ryan? Alex oh, it's Baldwin, Harrison, Harrison Ford. It's Harrison Ford, no question. Yeah, uh, Harrison was Up good. Up for October is a really good movie, but if you've rewatched it recently, which which I have, um, it doesn't hold up that well. Um, it, it seems dated more so than the other two movies do, and Alec Baldwin is not a compelling actor in that role. Like Harrison Ford is way better at it, um, I, I would say, than than Baldwin is. Despite how much I love Baldwin, no, no. Uh, no offense to Mr. Bolt. But. I hope they keep uh, changing the Jack Ryan out for this generation. Do like Robert Pattinson does the next one. <laughs> sure. You know, hopefully, just, Richard. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. We're going just keep rolling with it. Yeah. But no, uh, look, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I hope they get to make another one and, and get to come back with some with a plot that is more fitting to the uh, thing to the character. But it's an interesting way to reboot the, the franchise and you know that whole all those characters and whatnot. So um, you know, it was it was enjoyable. Jack Ryan uh, Shadow Recruiter. Cool. Good recommend. Brian Gill, where can I find you online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, and you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden, B-A-R-D-O-N. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison, and you can find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find all our episodes, all our weekly recommends, all our American treasures, and contact the show on there as well. Anything you guys want to mention before we get out of here for this week? All right. Well, on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye.